On this episode of Fantasy NFL Today, we have the week four NFL preview. Just another fantastic, jam-packed Friday episode. Stardom, sit em, lock it up, and the return of the boss. The boss went 4-0 with his picks last weekend, so you won't want to miss that. We have a lot to get to, and it all starts now. Welcome to Fantasy NFL Today, presented by HoopBall. Today is Friday, October 1st. I am your host, Anthony Germain, and you can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Talking Sunday, all one word on Twitter. Welcome to another fantastic Friday episode, my favorite episode of the week. We have the week four stardom sits, week four lock it up, pick against the spreads, and don't forget to stick around for the boss's picks at the end. For all of you that might have missed it last week, the boss went a stellar, stellar 4-0 last week. So stick around for the top three picks at the end of the episode because we are in the thick of things now. The deeper we get into the season, the more we know. The truth is starting to come forward. We're starting to see who is for real and who might actually be fraudulent. So let's get to the nitty gritty, down to the business, and let's discuss my top starts on sits of the week. Most of the starters I'll be talking about are guys that may be available on your waiver wire or floating around as free agents. So with that, here are my favorite starts, my favorite sits for week four. At the quarterback position, we are going to start Sam Darnold, and oh, I am coming out of the gate hot. Look, I'm not ready to admit I'm wrong yet, but if I am, I'll be more than happy to. I'm still confident he'll suck eventually, but right now, that's not the case. I'm smart enough to know at this point we have to ride this wave. He's currently the QB7, and I got a feeling these Panthers stay hot off the long 10-day rest versus the Dallas Cowboys defense coming off that short Monday night football rest. So Sam Darnold is one of my biggest potential sleepers of week four. Another start of the week is quarterback Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders, and I've been touting Carr for a couple of weeks now, so let's keep the Raiders train rolling. He finished as the QB 9, 8, and 11 through the first three weeks against all solid defenses against the Ravens, Steelers, and Dolphins last week. Now he'll get a Chargers defense on Monday Night Football in what should be a somewhat high-scoring affair, so let's go ahead and fire up Derek Carr again. Another favorite star for me is quarterback Captain Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings, but don't look now because the captain currently sits as the QB5 across all fantasy leagues and is proof of why you can wait on a quarterback on draft night. Cousins has over 900 passing yards, 8 touchdowns, and 0 Zero interceptions. We touched on his zero interceptions last week, and he kept it that way after a date with the Seattle Seahawks. The captain is on a mission, and it could be one of those magical years for the quarterback, so let's go ahead and keep Kirk Cousins in those lineups. My last favorite start of the week is quarterback Taylor Heineke, who's available in 92% of Yahoo Leagues. He finished as a top 13 quarterback over the last two weeks. He was the QB 13 versus the Giants and the QB 9 in that blowout loss to Buffalo last week. 
This week, he draws a lowly Atlanta Falcons team. I was expecting quarterback Daniel Jones to perform better, but he did not perform how I thought he might have against the Falcons last week. But we've seen this defense already get shredded by quarterback Jalen Hurts and Tom Brady. I like Heineke's chances if you're in a pickle, so go ahead and pick up Heineke if you're desperate at the quarterback position. My top sits of the week are quarterback Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans. And I know, I know, he's playing the New York Jets, but who does Tannehill really have at his disposal? Guys like Nike Westbrook and Chester Rogers? Doesn't sound too appetizing because Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are both expected to miss this game with hamstring strains. This game is all about handing it off to Derrick Henry and the Jets know it. I think Tannehill is going to have a really, really tough time getting the ball out. And this game might be close. It might be a lot closer than you think, a la Detroit Lions and Baltimore Ravens last week. So let's go ahead and keep Tanny on the bench. My second bench of the week is quarterback Daniel Jones of the New York Giants. And shockingly, Daniel Jones has not thrown an interception yet this season. The problem is the Saints lead the league in interceptions, and that defense has performed against lesser offensive units, and that's exactly what they're getting this week. Remember, this will be the Saints' true home opener since they've had to relocate to Jacksonville for the hurricane in week one. You can expect the Superdome to be absolutely rocking, making things harder for Daniel Jones and that G-Men's offense. I know he has the legs to make up for the passing yards, but this game has potential to get ugly real quick a la Broncos and Jets last week. So let's keep Daniel, my brother, on the bench for week four yeah and my last bench of the week is quarterback teddy bridgewater because the last two weeks we've recommended to start two gloves teddy or teddy two gloves whichever one it is and right now he's sitting as the qb19 overall and that's not great considering the denver broncos first three games have come against the giants jaguars and jets Yes, those are the bottom three teams in the league, and he finished as the QB 17, 12, and 27, and now he faces his most fierce team in the Baltimore Ravens with limited weapons. Outside of wide receiver Cortland Sutton, Teddy B is working with guys like Tim Patrick and Kendall Hinton. Teddy Two Gloves has never been the kind to just let it rip. He's a game manager, a steady Eddie, and this isn't the game for that. So let's keep Teddy where he is. Moving on to running backs, my top start of the week is Carolina Panthers running back Chuba Hubbard. I mean, this one goes without saying, right? Christian McCaffrey is going to miss at least two games, and we saw what a backup running back like Mike Davis has done in this Carolina offense last year. Chuba should get all the carries, and we saw him take over that bell cow role for the rest of the game last week when Christian McCaffrey went out with the hamstring injury. Don't even think about this one. I don't care that Chuba hasn't looked great. The guy ran for over 2,000 yards in one season with the Oklahoma State Cowboys in college. Throw him in no matter what. My second start of the week is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of the Kansas City Chiefs, and just when we thought we were out, he pulls us back in. We were that close, that close to slapping the bus tag on Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and then he goes on to finish as the RB12 against the Los Angeles Chargers last week. This week, Clyde Edwards Hilaire will face the Philadelphia Eagles defense, and if there's one thing I know about my Eagles this season, it's that they can't stop the tight end, and they especially, 
especially cannot stop the run. I expect the Chiefs to take full advantage of this weakness and let Clyde Edwards-Hilaire run wild, so let's put him back in our lineups and hope he can keep it together for a little hot streak here. I got two other running back starts of the week, and we'll start right here with Zach Moss, running back of the Buffalo Bills, and I think it's finally happening. The Zach Moss era in Buffalo may be officially underway. At least it looks that way for now. After missing week one, I think he was still healing up from a previous injury over the summer. Moss has finished as the RB11 in week two and the RB15 last week against the Washington football team. So I think the Bills continue to feed Moss more and more as we go along here. And now the Bills get the lowly Houston Texans, who are a 17-point dog on the road, meaning this game will most likely get out of hand quickly. Meaning if Buffalo gets the lead, there will be lots of running that follows to milk that clock. So let's keep that Zach Moss train rolling this week. And my last start of the week is running back J.J. Taylor of the New England Patriots. This one might sound weird, but the Patriots now run into a brick wall of a defense against the run. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are tough against that run, which means running backs like Damian Harris and Brandon Bolden, who we saw go off last week, are going to have an extremely hard time getting yards against this defense. Running backs like James White of the New England Patriots will most likely benefit most, but Mr. White is now out for the season with an injury. So enter the new James White, J.J. Taylor. J.J. is the perfect scat pass catching back the Patriots love to utilize, and I think we may see our fair share of J.J. against that Bucks defense. So if you're desperate for running back play, and I know a lot of you out there are, start J.J. Taylor. My favorite sit of the week, and I just explained this with J.J. Taylor, is running back Damian Harris because he is the lead back against that stout Tampa Bay defense. So don't start Damian Harris or Brandon Bolden this week against that defense. Another favorite sit of mine is running back Tyson Williams of the Baltimore Ravens. He flopped last week, and now that Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman are more in the mix, learning the playbook more, he should get less and less carries. Remember, Tyson Williams was thrusted into that role because of all the injuries that occurred with the Ravens early on in the season. Now, with that veteran experience with Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman, he should be phased more and more into that running back by committee role. And my last sit of the week is running back James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals. The same reason I recommend you bench Damian Harris versus that Bucks defense is the same reason I'm going to recommend benching James Conner against the Rams defense. He's the lead back versus a very good front seven that stops the run. They're very good at stopping the run. So we're going to want to sit a running back like James Conner. Chase Edmonds will most likely be the most involved in this week's game plan. So let's keep Conner on those benches. My favorite wide receiver start to the week is wide receiver Antonio Brown as he comes back from the COVID list. It's time and business will be booming on Sunday for Antonio as he can get a little revenge on his old former team, the New England Patriots. We saw the explosive play from AB in week one versus the Cowboys followed by a hard letdown in week two when they were obviously trying to keep Mike Evans happy by force feeding him the ball. 
I got a feeling that we're going to see another booming week from AB here against the Patriots as Tom Brady gives them everything he's got. I don't care what Brady says. He's definitely going to try to stick it to them as hard as he can. And what better way to do that than feeding the guy Brady pounded the table for in New England. So fire up 84 and let business boom. My other favorite start of the week is wide receiver Allen Robinson, and this one seems obvious, but A-Rob has been a bust in the first three weeks for fantasy football. He finished as the wide receiver 62, 51, and 80 over the first three weeks, but this is the week. Like last week when we recommended to finally fire up Saquon Barkley, this is the week we fire up A-Rod confidently. You know the rules. Anyone playing the Jaguars or Lions were going to fire them up each and every week and not even think twice about it. And a player of A-Rob's caliber, you don't leave on your bench versus the Lions. So let's go ahead and fire him up. Another favorite start is wide receiver Jacoby Myers. 14 targets last week. 14. Only Chase Claypool and Devontae Adams have received more targets. Any wide receiver receiving this many targets, we are going to fire up each and every time. Even with all the free agent acquisitions the Patriots brought in this offseason, Jacoby Myers continues to be the Patriots' number one option at wide receiver. And if they find themselves down to the Bucks, you can expect the Patriots to unleash Mac Jones and air that ball out. So let's roll with Mr. Jacoby Myers here in week four. And my final start of the week at the wide receiver position is wide receiver Cole Beasley of the Buffalo Bills. Beasley is a low-key target hog, and he's tied as the ninth overall receiver with 29 total targets this season. And like Myers, any receiver getting that many targets should be set in your lineups each week. Now, I like Myers as a better option simply because of his size. But I like Cole Beasley also because he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this season, and he may just be due for one this weekend, so let's go ahead and fire up Cole Beasley. My favorite sits of the week at wide receiver, I have two of them, and let's start with wide receiver Marquez Callaway of the New Orleans Saints, and this one each and every week continues to hurt because I bought into the hype during the preseason, and that's on me. That's my bad. I'm sorry, guys. Now, I know he scored a touchdown last week, but look at the stats. He was not that involved. I think he had about four targets or four catches, only 40-some yards. That's not good. He's not getting the volume that we, we thought he was going to get. And maybe it's been a tough schedule, but it's not good enough. So until we see more consistent production out of Marquez Callaway, we have to keep him on our bench. Or if you want to cut ties with him, feel free to do that. I still have him on the leash. The leash is short, but I still got him on the leash. My other favorite sit of the week is Christian Kirk of the Arizona Cardinals. We discussed this before in previous pods, but it's the unknown. With the unknowing of who will show up each and every week as the Cardinals' number two wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, is, even though he's having a bad season, is enlisted as the number one option. But we never know if it's going to be Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, or A.J. Green for that week. But even if it is Christian Kirk, he draws a tough Rams secondary that has only allowed one touchdown all season to a wide receiver. So let's go ahead and keep Christian Kirk on the bench. So that about wraps it up for week four stardom sit -em. And if I didn't mention any of your guys on my list, feel free to message me on my Twitter account at the Talking Sunday handle, and I'll be more than happy to help you with your lineups. So with that... It's now time for the fun part. 
It's time for the picks against the spread as we try to smash the books and cash those tickets. It's my favorite, my absolute favorite segment of the week. And although we're still off to a bit of a rocky start here, I can't wait for this thing to turn around and get into the green. So with that, it is time to lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Welcome to our brand new segment called Lock It Up. And if you're in the betting market, this is the segment for you and you won't want to miss it. I'll be giving you my top five picks for the week against the spread, but I'll also be posting all of my picks to my Twitter account at the Talking Sunday handle where you can follow along all season long. Just to review last week's picks during week three, we had a losing week finishing with a two and three record. We had the Miami Dolphins plus four for our first winner, the Ravens and Vikings teaser for our second winner. We had a totals teaser that was a loser. The Washington football team, who absolutely sucks at plus nine, lost. And then my Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football plus four got blown out by the Dallas Cowboys, which also sucks. So now it's looking grim. We have a five and 10 record. We're only hitting at 33%, which is very unlikely. So not great. Not great at all. And I'm not going to hide from it. We're going to be completely transparent here on this podcast. And that's the record. Five and 10 But again, the losing streak will not continue. We're going to up the ante this week. And this is the most confident I've felt about my picks all season long. I feel so good about them. I'm bursting with confidence. I think this is the week and I can feel it in my gut. The winning streak is on the horizon. And like I said, I'm upping the ante. I'm upping the units. We're doubling the units at this point because we're in week four and we have a lot more data than we had in week one. We knew the beginning of the year was going to be rough and we kept the units low. We started to up the ante last week, but now we're really upping it. Now we're really getting into the thick of it. So with that, let's get to the top five picks of the week. My number one pick and lock of the week is the Carolina Panthers plus five. Look, it's time to pay respect where respect is due. And this team hasn't backed down yet. They keep pounding. In week one, they took the Jets down, slayed the New Orleans Saints in week two, and in a perfect letdown spot against the Houston Texans last week, they waxed that ass. I'm still not sure how long this team will continue to play at this level and ripping off wins, but I've been doing this long enough to know when there's a wave, you ride it. Christian McCaffrey's injury, not worried. I understand the importance Christian McCaffrey has on this team, but we've seen running backs like Mike Davis in the past thrive in this offense last year. I'm not sure what to think of Chuba Hubbard yet. He hasn't looked particularly great in the short term, but this guy was a stud in college at Oklahoma State. In 2019, he ran for over 2,000 rushing yards for the Cowboys, so the talent is certainly there. As far as the matchup goes, I mean, this is almost as even as they come, and the five points that they're giving the Panthers are simply too much for two teams that are pretty much even. And the kicker. The kicker is right here. We have the perfect storm. The Panthers are coming off 10 days rest from last week's Thursday night football game, compounded by the Cowboys coming off short rest from their Monday night football game against the Eagles. Ride the Carolina wave against the popular team. We're going against America's team after the whole country watched them dominate on primetime football. 
Yeah, give me that confident Panther squad getting the five points and look for a possible outright win. My second lock of the week is the New Orleans Saints minus seven and a half. Now the Saints have been a bit of a strange team this year. They burst onto the scene absolutely kicking the Packers ass in week one only to go visit their division rival the Carolina Panthers the following week to get their teeth kicked in. So which Saints is it? Well, last week they traveled to Foxborough and took care of Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots just fine. I get that the Patriots aren't our grandfather's Patriots, but winning in Foxborough is no easy task. And now New Orleans finally gets to go home after three straight weeks on the road. Remember, week one, the Saints were relocated to play their home game in Jacksonville because of the hurricane, followed by two straight road games. You can expect the Superdome to be absolutely rocking as they cheer on their Saints to beat down the lowly New York football giants. Quarterback Jameis Winston leads the league in average time to throw on all dropbacks with 3.2 seconds, and the New York Giants aren't exactly the best at generating pressure, ranking 17th in pass rush. The Giants have also had trouble running the ball this season, and it just so happens that the Saints' strength is against the run, ranking first in the league. I see this game getting out of hand for the Giants and possibly a very low scoring game, sort of what we saw from the Jets and Broncos game last weekend. I don't think the Giants will be shut out, but I don't see them scoring very much. I know laying the 7.5 might seem daunting, but I've been able to peg that this game should be sitting around a New Orleans minus 9. So lay the number and let the Saints go marching to that cashier window. My third lock of the week is the Las Vegas Raiders plus three and a half. Look, we took the Raiders in week one against the Ravens and won. We took the Raiders in week two and won. We bet against the Raiders with the Miami Dolphins last week and won. And now we're back on the Raiders train. Choo choo! The Raiders are a really good football team and they have a tough task ahead of them as they travel to Los Angeles to play a scorching hot Chargers team. And as we know, these division games can go either way, but I think the Raiders have faced tougher competition as they head to the City of Angels undefeated. They've had to knock off the Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, and Miami Dolphins, who all have stellar defenses. Meanwhile, the Chargers have taken down the Washington football team, who have been a miserable failure, lost to the Dallas Cowboys, who look like a Super Bowl team, and took down the Kansas City Chiefs last weekend in Arrowhead. And who knows what's going on with Kansas City, but they haven't looked good themselves. And that Kansas City defense is not good at all. Last week's game between the Chiefs and the Chargers was tied at the two-minute warning. I think this Raiders team is for real on both sides of the ball, and you're giving me three and a half points? Give me, give me, give me all freaking day. Look for quarterback Derek Carr to continue his phenomenal season as he leads the league in big-time throws. Take the three and a half points, and don't be surprised if the Raiders win outright. My fourth lock of the week is the Chicago Bears minus two and a half. Look, I understand that the Chicago Bears looked horrid last week, and they were, but this team isn't that bad. The Bears rolled out rookie quarterback Justin Fields against one of the better teams in the league. The Cleveland Browns are no slouch. 
and they did what everyone expected them to do, beat the Bears. And they did, so why are we all shocked? Was the bar set too high for Justin Fields? Sure seems that way, and right here is the perfect overreaction that I'm ready to take full advantage of. The look-ahead line for this game had the Bears as a six-point favorite, and that was still assuming that Justin Fields was the starter. And what has changed during the course of a week? Nothing. Just a bad showing and some old-fashioned overreaction. Yeah, the Bears aren't a great team, and I'm not stating that they are, but they're not less than a field goal better than the Detroit Lions. The Lions played the Ravens tough last week and should have won that game, but remember, the reason I teased the Ravens last week is because I told you, for some odd reason, the Lions get up against good teams at home early in the season. We've seen the Lions beat the Packers early, the Patriots early when Matt Patricia was there. Also, almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs two years ago at home, and they almost did it again to the Baltimore Ravens last week. It still does not make the Lions a good team. I can't believe what I'm seeing. The Detroit Lions, a road two and a half point dog. Most of the cash and tickets are on the Lions? Since when? What the hell is going on? I have this game pegged as the Chicago Bears as a nine point favorite at home. Give me the Bears all goddamn day to cover this two and a half, and I may actually look for some alternative lines to make bigger buco bucks on this one. Give me those Bears. And my fifth and final lock of the week is the New York Jets plus eight. How the hell can anyone bet on the Jets while you're looking at it, folks? I know it's hard, but I think they're finally in a good spot, and that's exactly what you're looking for in the betting market. If you look at who the Jets have actually faced this season, it's been one of the harder schedules. No one expected the Panthers to be this good this year, but here the Jets were in week one in Carolina going against one of the more fierce and very fast defenses. They then had to welcome in Bill Belichick's defense, who is now 22-6 and against rookie quarterbacks, followed by a trip to Mile High in September against one of the more stout defenses in the Denver Broncos. You couldn't have asked for a tougher task from any rookie quarterback, so there's no wonder to why Zach Wilson has struggled the way he has. But I see light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, it is dim, but there is light, and I think we'll see big improvements from this team against a very, very banged-up Tennessee Titans team. For starters, the Titans defense has let up an average of 28 points per game, making this by far the softest defense they'll face to date. Second, the Titans offense will be without star wide receivers Julio Jones and A.J. Brown leaving Tennessee with basically practice squad guys. I don't think the Jets will win this game by any means, but I do see this game being a lot closer than people think. Seven to eight points is simply too many for a team riddled with injuries. I know it's tough, but sometimes it's the tough bets that are the best bets. And one of my best bets is riding out with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. All right, well, those are my lock it up top five picks of the week. And just to review, that's the Carolina Panthers plus five, Chicago Bears minus two and a half. Las Vegas Raiders plus three and a half, New Orleans Saints minus seven and a half, and the New York Jets plus eight. Now, hopefully we can bring that overall five and 10 record up this week. A nice five and oh would be great, but I don't want to get ahead of myself and get greedy or jinx it. 
Let's just try to get out of this with at least a three and two, four and one, and yes, a five and zero oh would be great. But let's get a winning week under our belts. Again, I upped all of my units this week because the losses aren't sustainable. At some point, things will start to balance out, and hopefully, it starts here in week one. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for: the boss. Oh boy, you know what that music means. We welcome back the boss, Nikki Bada Bing, coming off a huge, huge weekend. Just an absolute smash. Swept the book, called all of his shots, and sank each and every one of the picks in week three. Not just the top three, but he also gave out a fourth bonus pick that you only got if you listened to the pod. And again, that bonus pick was another winner. Just the left corner pocket all day, sink, 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 closing out week three, four and zero, bringing that 2021 overall record back to 500, back to even. So now we're sitting at the five and five record overall after that absolute four and zero blowout of the weekend. Now I already know what the boss man is going to tell me. He's going to tell me to stay humble. He's going to tell me to stay even keeled, and I agree, but I just wanted to replay this bit from last week's episode real quick. I love it. I like the I like the uh, mix match we have here this week. We have two totals, both the under. We have a dog, and we have a favorite, so it's a nice mix there. We're not you know lopsided or too heavy on one side. I like it. I'm feeling good. I feel like we're you know we have a we have a good shot to come out of this. Three and three and one. I'm feeling at least. Hopefully four no, and zero here. I'm I'm feeling four and zero. Get back to five hundred. There it is. Li- I love for it. For your listeners, baby. Let's so. go. Do you hear that, audience? That is the type of confidence. I mean, it does not get better than that. That prediction. I was trying to stay positive. You know, play it safe. Play it. You know, not get too crazy. I said the three and one, but the boss man shut it down. <laughs> told me to shut my mouth he said we're going 4-0 back to 500 so boss sorry for that long-winded introduction but i think you know i'm still a little juiced up after that successful week three welcome back and uh how are we feeling this week we're feeling uh pretty good <laughs> excuse me we're yeah. feeling <laughs> sorry about that but uh feeling good uh can't rest on your laurels that was last week it's over put it in the history books um and it's time to move on so be careful, be careful. You got to be careful coming off a week like that. You know, I, I, you know, for the rest of my board for the day, I had a very good week. Um, so I, I want to be careful this week coming off the big week. I don't want to be giving it all back. So I'm, I'm only going to have three picks for you this week. Uh, and um, I have a total, a favorite. And you know me with them home doggies. I, I got a home doggie out there that I like. Oh, I can't so. wait to hear. I cannot wait to hear which home dog we will be taking this week. But again, this goes both ways. Like we started the week one and week two on the losing streak. We knew the rebound was coming. So we upped the ante and we cashed in. Now it goes the other way. If you start to go on a heater, you start to go on a bit of a winning streak. You're also looking at that right in the face. So it might be smart to again, dial it back. So, but you know, this is why we pay the respect to the big guy here. 
You know, again, <laughs> he's been doing it since the mid 1970s. The knowledge, the experience, the wisdom, it wins in the long run. The the trick and the key is the money management, you know? So, you know, I'm glad that the record is back to even. We're back, you know, it's almost like we're hitting this the reset button now as we get into the thick of it here. We're going into week 4, we're hitting the, the the juice of the of the season here right in the middle. But as always, before we get to this week's picks, Let's do um, the the recap. Let's do a quick recap from last week. You know, we like to you know see if we made any mistakes along the way. What we did right. Obviously, we didn't make any mistakes last week, but I always like the recap here. Let's start with the bonus pick. Again, you only got the bonus pick if you listen to the pod. I'll always be tweeting out the boss's top three picks over the weekend. But if you want to lock in the boss's picks at the number he provides here on the pod. Make sure you're tuning in to get that info because, as we know, the lines are always moving and changing the closer we get to kickoff. So, all right. Our first bonus pick winner was the New Orleans Saints and the New England Patriots under that total of 44 points. Uh, any thoughts on this one real quick, boss? Uh, you know, that was the lucky break game, right? Slayed just under at uh... – what, what was it? Uh, yeah. 27-14 or something like that? Final score, Saints win 28-13, and that one was a lot – was a little close to going over. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but you know what you know what won it for us is your your Patriots observation that you made about the, uh, the bet coming through. It was the Patriots, how they had the four interceptions the week prior against Zach Wilson and the Jets in week two, and that they only put up the 25 points. So right. you pointed out that – the Patriots should have scored more points than 25 points when you, when you get four interceptions. So, and that's what really carried this under because the, the Patriots only put up 13 points against the saints. Yep. So, and, and again, I point out it takes big balls to bet under <laughs> in, in today's NFL, you, you know, yeah, it, so. it does. And that one, that one was a low, that's a low under too. Like you want to talk about big balls when you're getting to the 41 and a half, which is the other one uh, we'll cover in a second. And even 44, that is a low total. Like you want to, like if somebody wants to take the under for a game that's in the 54 range, 55 and a half range, you know, that's a little easier, but the 44, I mean, geez. Yeah. That's a tough number. Yeah. But you know what? It comes through. That one, uh, and again, it was the Patriots' wisdom that they're just not scoring points and they're running the ball a lot. So, but you know what? It comes through as a winner. The other winner, the third uh, lock of the week, was the Los Angeles Chargers plus the six and a half. Not just a winner and a cover, but an outright winner. I mean, I don't know if Kansas City has officially hit a rut or if they, you know, are just unlucky at this point, but this game was actually tied at the two minute warning. And then Mahomes, again, for the second straight week in a row, throws another late-game interception. Chargers drive the ball downfield and get the uh, go-ahead touchdown from Mike Williams, all while methodically milking that clock down to 32 seconds, giving the Chiefs very limited time for any type of comeback. And the Chargers pull off the upset at Arrowhead Stadium in that 90-degree weather. Yeah, that was, um, you know, I had a little bit on the money line on the money line that game too for Dake for Dago to win straight up. So, um, you know, again, I, all a big contributor to why I had a had had a hell of a week uh, last Sunday. So, um, you know, and and that fifty years of wisdom kicks in for me and tells me, you know, I got to be careful this week. Um, 
you know, personally uh, for what I'm doing. Yeah. So. Well, that game, we also talked about uh, teasing last week. Uh, I released a couple teasers, which, you know, it, the teaser picks went one and one for me. But we talked about specifically on this game how the number was sitting at that six and a half. And sometimes that's like a that's a huge lure for for people that do parlays or teaser cards. You know, you add the Chiefs, you give them the six points, and now they only have to win by a half a point. And it seems easy, but, <laughs> you know, they get yeah. you. They get you. Be careful. Whenever you're saying to yourself, boy, that's easy. Boom, you get slapped in the face. Exactly. So, and that was so playing the money line on even a six point spread or six and a half point spread is 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 not usually a bad idea because one of them, there's usually a handful of sixes or six and a halves. And it, one of them always, I feel like, wins outright. So yep. another great pick there. The second lock of the week was the Jets and the Broncos under the 41 and a half. And that was the wisdom 41 and a half total that had no <laughs> movement. You said it on episode one. We locked it in and it was a guaranteed stone cold lock winner. The rookie Zach Wilson can't catch a break. He had the Carolina defense in week one, Patriots defense week two, and got caught hard by the Broncos defense here at the home opener in mile high, throwing two interceptions. The Jets put up zero, zero yeah. points while the yeah. Broncos did their part by putting up 26 points. But, you know, they closed this one out 26, 26 to nothing going way under that 41 and a half again takes balls to do that 41 and a half is probably the lowest uh consistent one i guess i never i don't know if i've seen a 40 or 39 total in the past you know five years or whatever but this is exactly how we thought this game would go and it didn't disappoint yeah i love that um you know and denver's no offensive juggernaut themselves either right you know show but and but yeah the, the main culprit there was the steady 41 and a half uh, that drove me to the under there. And um, she works like a charm. Yeah, she, she doesn't disappoint, apparently. And, no. I, you know, I'm, I'm really happy you shared that with myself and the listeners because that was something I never really caught on to. And I think that's something I look for every week now. Um, and I'm always going to play that. I just, you know, I am. I just that to me. People, I think, see on the surface 41 and a half. And again, it looks easy to go over. But, you know, this this is exactly what happens. Yeah, yeah. All we need is six touchdowns. Huh? Yeah, yeah, easy. Well. <laughs> and today's passing NFL, the passing. It's a passing league. Yeah. So another great winner there. And close it out with the lock of the week. The best bet, bringing it up to two and one. The Arizona Cardinals minus seven and a half. This one, I think, seemed easy, but it paid off. And it was against your theory, the Jacksonville theory. We're going against Jacksonville, especially when playing an offense like Arizona. Uh, it worked, but I'm not going to lie. This one was a little scary. You know, <laughs> Kingsbury, Kingsbury goes for an insane 68-yard field goal before halftime when the game is tied 7-7. Seven seven. Yeah. So first of all, the game's tied 7-7 seven seven before half. Goes for this insane 68-yard field goal. It's short. No shit, it's short. <laughs> the dude returns it for a 109-yard touchdown, putting Jacksonville up 13-7. to They missed the extra point, you know, doing Jacksonville, Jacksonville. things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even after halftime, Jacksonville was up nine points towards the end of the third quarter. Nine. I thought this thing was dead. 
But Arizona, you know, after Jacksonville gets that last touchdown, responds quickly, scores, and then right after that, that's where we, that's where we, I knew this game was going to cover. We had a pick six off of Trevor Lawrence, and then another Arizona touchdown in the middle of the fourth to close out the game for the Arizona cover. But once that pick six happened, I said, "Oh no, this is over." Yeah, that was uh, you know quite the thrill because uh, I went to the no look theory there. <laughs> oh, I texted you when that when that happened, and you said, "Yeah, you, you said what?" <laughs> I was like, uh, I was I was like, like "You're not going to TF, you know? There's there's no way this game this game, you know, they're gonna they're gonna battle them, and you know, no way they're gonna cover the seven and a half. And the next time I look, it's like, holy shit, Arizona's up twenty four yeah. to nineteen. I got a shot." <laughs> the no look theory, man. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing that next time. I really be, I think I really believe in that. <laughs> so all right, so a four and week for there for uh, week three. Again, pumped to be back at 500. And now, in my humble opinion, I think the season begins here. It's week four. We're starting to get past the unknown. You know, as we head into the thick of it again, the data continues to roll in. The more we see, the more we know. Um, you know, we're starting to see, might, we, we might be starting to see here who might be the real deal, who might be the frauds. So, you know, the 500 record, again, gives us that reset button just in time for the true games to begin. Uh, but I also want to point out that we we predicted that this turnover would this turnaround would happen, and I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm not trying to you know puff our chest too much because again we're still at the 500 here. But a lot of people panic during these losing streaks. That if you if but if you just look through the eyes, that it will eventually turn around. And if you continue to bet the same way that you've been betting all along, the same strategy that you know wins over time then the losing streak can sometimes be your your success to that money management. If you're staring yes. yeah, if you're staring down the barrel of a 3 and 7 losing streak just for an example, then you're bound to turn around. You don't go run and hide. You don't start betting lower. You come out stronger than ever before. But, you know, I also believe this goes both ways. So if you I already said this, if you find yourself on the flip side at 7 and 3 winning streak, I find it best to scale back the units and play a little more conservative until, you know, it plays out a little longer. So what do you think, boss? Do you agree with that advice there? You got you got it, you know, uh, what is it? The tortoise and the hare, right? Yeah, the, the, the marathon, not the sprint. Okay. So stay steady and strong and you'll get there. Okay. You're going to have your peaks and valleys. Um, and But if you stay steady... You're going to get there. I, you have to stay steady because the problem is when you win, when you go on a big win streak, you start to get confident, too confident, overconfident, and you start, I find that a lot of people start betting more money than they, than they should be. So just right. say for an example, you're a $20 better. Let's just put that out there for math. You go on this massive win streak. Say you go 10 and 0, you feel like you can't lose, overconfident. Now you start betting $50 a game and then the lose streak comes. So Yep. You got to stay steady, Eddie, people. So, yep. all right. So before we get to the picks, let's just remind the listeners again, I want the boss to give him give us his top three picks for the weekend. It could be against the spread, the total money line parlay teaser, whichever he chooses his top three, his top three picks of the week. But we're going to start in reverse order, meaning that his weakest play at number three, we'll start there and we'll work our way up to the best bet. So with that, we're bringing back the phrase, it's time to scan the board and take a ride. Let's get down to the business and whack the book here in week four. I'm excited for these picks. 
So let's start at number three. Who do we got? We're going to start off with um, my home doggy. Bark, bark. Joe. And I'm going to tell you to go with Minnesota. Vikings. At home. Um, versus, um, I'm having Cleveland. Versus the Cleveland Browns. Okay. And who, I think that line is plus two. Am I am I not mistake, mistaken? Uh, yeah, it's out there. Two, two and a half, one and a half. She's floating around. Okay. So, um, but, you know, Minnie is a small home doggy uh, who I like at home. Um, Cleveland and Baker, um, I think they struggled a little bit last week against uh, Houston. They played, they played the Chicago Bears. They won 26 to 10. Okay, go ahead. Right. You know, uh, you know, uh, and the Bears are down there in the bottom four of the league. Okay, you know, um, but it's more about Minnie being at home as a dog. Uh, Cleveland, uh, you know, Baker is not the consistent quarterback to be a consistent winner, in my humble opinion. I'm no big Kirk Cousins guy either. I mean, he could he could throw three ints in the first half. <laughs> well, but the... mini at home is where I'm putting my money in. Well, it's funny you say the Kirk Cousins thing. I just did a lot of research on him for fantasy football purposes. He, I believe, I if, I'm, you know I'm reading I'm remembering this off the top of my head. I think he has eight touchdowns and zero interceptions at the moment. And Correct. I think overall, I think he's ranked right now as the fifth best quarterback in the entire league. He is. He is on uh, quite a roll this year uh, for for him. You know, for for you know, versus what he's done throughout his career. Um, but I'm going with the hot hand, Kirk Cousins at home. Mini um, is who I like as a home dog. And they're not, it's not much of a money line. They're only like plus 110. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, normally I would have said take the money line, but, you know, take take the points. One and a half, two, two and a half. Okay. Uh, I like I like Minnie at home uh, as my home doggy uh, for this week. All right. We're going to lock in the Minnesota Vikings plus the two points. Uh, you're not worried about Kevin Stefanski returning to that, to U.S. Uh, Bank Stadium there against his old team? Uh, no, if anything, that's a motivation for uh, many. Okay. All right, so we have the Vikings plus two as the third pick of the week. Let's move on to the second. Who do we got? Well, uh, I'm going to – this one has is a total, and uh, I'm using New Orleans under the 42. New Orleans under the 42, okay. So she's been tickling the 41 and a half. <laughs> um but you know, it's not. It didn't come out at forty-one and a half and stay there all week. Okay, but it's more about New Orleans versus the lowly New York Giants. Yeah, they're bad. They're bad. They're really bad. Yeah, they're, I, they're I, bad. I... Jets, Giants, Jags. You know, <laughs> you just bet against them all year long. <laughs> yeah, they the Giants. The it's a shame they. Uh, well, it's not a shame cause, you know because we're Eagles fans here. But yeah, uh, they they have the worst offensive line in the league. So yeah, it's, it's yeah for for me it's New Orleans with a respectable day. It is their home opener. Okay, remember their first game was you know at a neutral site. 
mm-hmm. this game is at the Superdome. Yeah. So and after- it should be a pretty raucous crowd um, pumping up that D. And, you know, Daniel Jones, you know, doesn't do it for me. He's a he's a turnover waiting to happen. Yep. Home opener. Uh, the crowd certainly will be rocking. Um, that Saints defense has been, you know, it's they, you know, they showed up against Green Bay in week one there. Uh, I forget who they played in Oh, Carolina. Carolina took it to them in week two. And then, you know, they showed up against the New England offense last year. And so take it for what it is. But what we've seen so far this year is that New England, uh, that the New Orleans defense has performed against bad offensive teams. And that's exactly what we're getting here with the Giants and that terrible offensive line. So, yeah. And, and, and for me, it's, you know, as I said, the, the home opener and that raucous crowd in, in the Superdome uh, supporting the Saints. Yeah. And I think, I think we might get another uh, repeat of what we just saw from the Jets and the Broncos game last week. Same exact right. thing. Home opener. Now, granted, they were in altitude, but same thing. Home opener. Crowd was rocking. And it's just a good defense against a real, real bad offense. So Yeah, and, and there's there's a couple of, you know, for the trendy players out there, uh, part of what swayed me is New Orleans' last six under is 6-0. and out. And wow. the Giants, the last 18 games for the Giants, 14-4 and four under. Again, so, so this week again, like we I, we said last week on last week's pod, it's a clash of two under Titans again. Yeah. So I got to bet this uh, again now. <laughs> <laughs> those uh, those trend stats um, uh, is is what uh, swayed me to ride the under train again. Um, I know I'm not giving out very many overs yet so far this year. They're coming. They're coming. Mm-hmm. But. Um, but you know, right now I want to uh, early in the season. I like going with the defense. The offense isn't uh, quite tuned in just yet. Yeah. So, but, but but they're coming. But you know, so New Orleans under uh, is a is a play for me this week. Yeah, I'm sold. You talked me into it. You talked me into a couple bets last week, and I'm glad I took them all. So I'll, I'll be taking this one for sure. It's just again, it's just betting those unders suck, man. They it's just brutal. <laughs> It's hard. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. And finally, the best bet, the lock of the week. And again, again, I'm riding with you. No matter what the bet is, the best bet every single week, I'm taking it. And again, the best bets are now two and one on the year. So we're up. And, uh, you know, I had to lock in those those desert birds last week. That was a pleasant winner. Again, it was a little yep. shaky, a little shaky there. But uh, what are we looking at this week? What's the lock of the week? Well, the Rams. Rams, the Rams, the Rams at home uh, versus this Arizona team. Okay, and we're looking at the four and a half, right? A four and a half line there uh, doesn't scare me. Um, some of the things that pointed me to the Rams is Arizona showing against the Jags last week mm-hmm. to have to do what they to let the Jags be that close to being the lead at halftime, I thought I was going to go to sleep at halftime with that game. Yeah, um, it was brutal. So, Arizona um, to me isn't uh, the powerhouse that they're supposed to be. The Rams are. <laughs> Stafford is, wow. Yeah. What, a streak, what a streak he's on. And 
you know, to have the weapons he now has at his disposal with that defense, you know, the Rams defense, you know, they have it at every level. Yeah. Donald, Ramsey, and I forget who their star linebacker is, but uh, they got yeah, a star at every level um, on that D. And Arizona's got Kyle Murray. Yep. After that. Well, they, they have DeAndre Hopkins, but I think he's struggling this year. He's getting old. I don't think he's he, performing as they you know they hoped he would continue to be the superstar that he's been in the past. He, um, he's he's another one now. He's to me he's a possession receiver now. He hmm. fell off the cliff like Ben Roethlisberger has. <laughs> I don't know if it's that bad. Ben Ben uh, is looking bad. Well, that's why you're Anthony and I'm Nikki. So you know, and that's why it's gambling. And you want to take them, knock yourself out. No, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm not <laughs> saying take the Cardinals. I'm all on these Rams with you. I agree with you because this Cardinals team. You know, I, I'm sorry, the Rams team, first of all, they just dominated on offense against a really good Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Yeah. So this Cardinals team's not even close. I know they're like, people are saying they're decent, but. Yeah. Who, again, Arizona actually, I don't think, has played that tough of opponents as well. Correct. So, you yeah. know, they're, they're in for a treat with this, you know, a real defense this weekend. I, you know, I don't know why I haven't really looked that much into this game but everything you're saying makes sense here i like the pick i'm probably um, well i am taking it so because i told you I, i'm taking every one of the boss man's uh best bets well thank you every single and, week uh, uh it just I, and mcveigh owns arizona yeah uh he is um four and oh versus kyle mary he is eight and oh straight up Against Arizona, he is seven and one versus the line in the last eight games. Ram wow. versus Arizona. Wow, those are all those are all enticing, uh, tasty nuggets there. I like that. Yeah. So I'm going with Ram uh, as my best bet this week. There's something about that four and a half line uh, that that tickles me and. You know, that's again. I'm, I'm, I'm going back to the wisdom angle there. Um, that four and a half to me tells me they're going to win handily. Yeah. Um, and also, if it tickles you, that goes back to your your instinct theory. Right. The instinct never lies to you. Um, and that you know, if you're looking at that four and a half number and it's tickling, you know, that's that's yeah. as instinct as it gets. Yeah. So. So. All right. Now, if, if, if I may, um, this isn't a bonus pick. Those are my three picks, and that's it, okay? Mm -hmm. But I do feel the need to impart some wisdom for this week's card. Okay. Okay? To me, it's a teaser week. Nope. There's a ton of seven-point, seven-and-a-half-point favorites out there this week. Tease them down, people. Tease the favorites down. Those touchdowns. And up faves. The matchups look pretty favorable to the favorite. Okay. But it's the NFL, and any one of the touchdowns is always scary. It's parody, right? Mm -hmm. Who's going to beat who this upcoming week? But this week, the way the matchups are and the card, as an overall suggestion for this week, he's the favorites down. Yeah, I'm looking at the board right now. Um, 
and to your point, you know, we have that Saints Giants game where you have the under, but the Saints are seven and a half point favorites against the bad Giants team, so you can get the Saints down to one and a half. Yep. Um, Green Green Bay over Pitt. Again, yep. another team that's with the Packers that are thriving against a lowly downtrending Steelers team. You can get the Packers down to minus one. Yeah, and I can't find out if T.J. Watt is playing, which is why I did it. I, I was close to making the Packers a pick, mm -hmm. but not knowing the status of T.J. Watt steered me away. So for that game, maybe maybe it's best to wait until we get the status of Watt before we even tease it, before we even consider teasing it. But in my humble opinion, I'm teasing Green Bay down with or without Watt. Okay, yeah, I like that. Um, and we also so, have... Tampa. Yeah. Don't forget the Tampa New England game there. That one's sitting um, at seven. You can tease the you can tease the Buccaneers down to one, and then there's the Eagles and Chiefs. Uh, that one, look, I know the Eagles look terrible on Monday Night Football against Dallas, but the fact that the, first of all, this line just moved. The Chiefs are now minus six. They were minus seven yesterday. Listen, uh, I, I think I told you. At the I know. Beginning. Okay. <laughs> the Eagles are my heart. I am not going with them or against them at any point during these podcasts. Yeah. So I will always avoid that Eagle game. However, like you said, that's another boy. Hard to believe the birds are going to be competitive against. Oh, Casey. you know what? I'm sorry. I'm reading. I'm reading the opening line. That was they're at seven and a half. Yeah. So you could, so you can tease the chiefs down to one and a half for anybody that wants to play against the Eagles there. So, and of course, Buffalo. Look at that line! Holy smoke! <laughs> yeah, biggest biggest line in the year. I don't even think there was a line that big last year, was there? Uh, not that I can recall. Um, but it's probably going to get there a couple times this year um, because of the Jags are bad. <laughs> yeah, Jags, Jets, Giants, um, Houston. Uh, you know. Houston plays, man. They, they they haven't given up. Yeah. In my in my humble opinion, but um, it's it's the New York teams, the Jags, and oh, Chicago got to figure out who the hell's quarterbacking them. I yeah. mean, they're you know Chicago Chicago looked pretty bad last week last week, real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. But all right, so just to recap, the, the, the were you we, we gonna say something? Just at the general point of teasing seven point and up faves down this week as a uh, as a guide. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, I'm going to look into that after we get off here and before you know. I always look into everything right up until kickoff. So even though I release picks on my pod, my segment, the lock it up segment, or we release picks here, things change. They change as you get to kickoff. You know, something moves up a point, point and a half. You know, that changes everything. So you got to be on top of it. I, I try to tweet out everything I do, um, you know, but it's hard. You just got to be on top of it. So, again, yeah. just to recap the top three, we have the Minnesota Vikings plus the two, the New York Giants uh, Saints game under the total of 42, and we have the Los Angeles Rams minus the four and a half as the best bet of the week. Uh, you know, I don't want to put the kiss of death or the jinx on anything, but – you know, I think these I think these streaks come in waves, and I just think last week might have been the start of a little heater here. You know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm not doing it. Nope. But nope. you know, uh, I'm you know I'm still excited, and hopefully we can keep this train rolling and uh, get into the green 
by the time you know we have you back on next week going into week five well appreciate the confidence and uh i also have confidence in these um and uh if i may just uh you know Watch out. Be careful with Denver. They're missing several starters this week. I don't know if your uh, followers know that. They they got like five, six, seven starters out this week mm-hmm. uh, versus Baltimore coming off of that big win. I didn't touch that game. Um, and uh, one other little thing of caution, um, even though I talk bad against the Giants, they are 10-1 and one as a dog in their last 11. Ooh. So, um, but as a road dog, as a road dog, uh, they're ten and one in their last eleven scenarios like that. So, but I, I just can't. I, I I'm sorry, I just can't. They're bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm staying away. Like I think tonight's game that between the Jaguars and the Bengals, I lean Jaguars, but I can't do it. I can't do it because they're they're that bad. Oh, you got to go Cincy tonight. I mean, you know. We, we just give out Sunday games here on, on your cast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if, if I, if I could Cincinnati would have been my best bet this week. Really? <laughs> wow. Against the Jags. <laughs> I know, but like we talked last week, I, I get it against the high powered offense, like the Cardinals. I don't think the Bengals, the Bengals still have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. And <laughs> I Burrow. No, I'm I'm All sorry. Right. All right, I, I, I'm sorry. You're gonna go to sleep at halftime tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I have to disagree with you. I think on this one, but again, that's why that's why you're the boss, and I'm you know. But that's not one of our 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 three are our three. Rams is the best. New Orleans under, and the mini home dog. Yeah. So are the official three. And just one more nugget for everybody that's listening: uh, the Chicago game the, for weather weather nuggets. Chicago game, it's it's uh, predicted to be a 90% chance of rain during the game. Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills game, 80% chance of rain. And the Green Bay Packers game, 50% chance of rain. Everywhere else looks fine. That's a good point by you, Ant. It is October. Uh, it is October, and your followers need to be paying attention to the weather. Yep. So, And I think at the shy game, there's also some wind involved. So. Yes, you brought that up uh, before we started recording. Yeah, wind wind and rain means a lot of running, which is why I think that total dropped down to 42. I think it opened up at 45. So, so. Um, yeah, so that, that's the weather report. And, uh, you know, I think that about wraps it up here. As always, uh, thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks for the wisdom, the knowledge, the experience. And honestly, thanks for the picks, because let's not forget – this is all free knowledge being provided here on Fantasy NFL Today. There's a lot of scumbags out there that charge you for everything. This is all free stuff. So thank you for the picks. And uh, I feel pretty damn good moving forward here. You know, again, I love that. We're, we're hitting that reset button. We're starting from square one, headed into the thick of it. I like where we're heading. So, boss man, again, thanks for coming on. And we will talk to you next week. My pleasure. And good luck to you and your followers. All right. Thank you. Well, that's our show for today. Make sure you review your fantasy lineups before kickoff. Make sure you are keen to what is going on. If anybody is a healthy scratch or if anybody is a late game time decision, start 
or sit. It doesn't matter. Make sure you're paying attention to what's going on. If you find yourself in any sticky situations, make sure to go back through my stardom sit-ems for the week because a lot of those guys are still available on the free agent or waiver wire market. We continue to hit on a lot of the stardom sit-ems each and every week, and I feel good about those as well as my top five picks this week. I feel the most confident about my picks this week than I have the previous three weeks. I'm feeling a winning week here, guys. So let's go ahead and cash those tickets. The boss man's top three picks also sound good. Coming off that amazing 4-0 week, we're looking to keep that train hot. All good info. And as usual, thank you for tuning in. Everyone have a great weekend. Go enjoy week four of NFL football. And go get yourself those fantasy W's this weekend. And let's cash those effing tickets this week. We're doing it. I'm telling you, we're doing it. Just keep the positivity high. Ride the positivity wave. And we will get there. I promise. That we will see everyone next week.